This song is called Opinion. Congratulations, you have won. It's a year's subscription. I'm bad puns and it makes you story. I'm concerned in the dead end. I feel far it burns my opinions. What's up, everybody? Hopefully you guys are all doing well out there. Another podcast today. We'll probably talk a little bit about... Um, it's a season of giving, guys. It's the holiday. So I'm going to give out some... Uh, not some gifts, but I'll give out some advice. and I get some tips. I don't know, advice or what you call this. But uh, some opinions. That might be the best way to put it. I'm going to give out some opinions today on several different topics around the sports card business. And again, to make it a tradition, last four or five shows I've been promoting the next show before I even get to today's show. So I'm going to promote on our next show um, a friend of mine that, I, that I've met through cards. And that's the beauty of cards and stuff and Twitter and these, these ways to communicate these days. Um, is he went to check out my cards with me um, a few weeks ago, and he was also involved in a conference call with Tops that I had uh, earlier today. And I'm not going to maybe talk too much or at all about the Tops thing until maybe ne- until next week, um, shortly after Christmas. Um, I'll get my friend on and we'll talk about, he was, he was much more knowledgeable about what we were talking about. And so we'll get him on and, um, we'll talk about some of the things that we have going on there. Um, I will be giving out some advice to tops. I had an ex tops employee kind of make a bunch of excuses on Twitter last week for why collecting sucks or whatever and why people don't collect sets and how that's impossible and all this other stuff. So we'll talk about that. I want to talk also about, um, Beckett added some services to their, their website and different kind of, you know, new pricing on some things and some appraisals and, and there was an 800 number at the top of the website. I thought that was kind of interesting and some other stuff there. Um, I, uh, Brian Gray, who apparently, um, not, nothing new. I, I already know this, but apparently he, he put out some tweets last week that seemed to, reference some lawsuit or something i guess he's been doing that for about a year i don't follow people's timelines and stuff like that but i was made aware of this tweet and i thought it was at least interesting enough apparently he's done it many times over the last year but uh you know we're at the end of the year here so we're, we're throwing things together so we'll talk about that and da card world has these hit parade packs that are you know essentially repackaged products and I was actually going to do a show, no lie, I was going to do a show. This show was going to be a lot about how I thought maybe doing a repackaged product, kind of a la Leave, a la um, Superbox, a la DA Card World, how that might be a better idea than one, opening up a card shop, two, 
uh, you know, trying to get a license, certainly better than trying to get a license uh, for some of this stuff. So we'll talk about that. First thing I want to get to is last week, there was an employee from a current employee of Leaf, a former, he was also used to work for Upper Deck. I actually really like this guy. I think he's a real straight shooter. And, uh, his name is Scooby Cub on Twitter and is excellent. I've been following this guy for years, uh, and just a real straight shooter and, uh, has some interesting things, but he was on there kind of making excuses why things kind of suck. And everybody's favorite ex tops employee, Mark Sapir. I think that's even his Twitter name, M Sapir. I don't know his Twitter handle, but, uh, you probably are, uh, if you're on Twitter, you probably know who he is. He had all kinds of excuses why cards suck or why cards are going down or whatever and so but i had some instead of making excuses i had some ideas and i thought you know hey what why why have the card companies dropped the ball uh over the last decade or so and watched a lot of these other services in the sports card businesses emerge uh, instead of doing it themselves Uh, we just talked about beckett Tops and these companies give Beckett data for free. Why don't you charge them for it? Why don't you do it yourself? Why don't you have a catalog of all the Tops cards ever made and photos? Why doesn't Panini do that? Maybe you can't do it for all the old cards, but why don't you start now? Why don't you do pricing? I don't know why other blogs out there don't do pricing. If you want a a million dollar, it's not a million dollar idea, but probably at least a four or five thousand dollar idea do pricing on your blogs why do you think Beckett gets so much traffic it's not because they have these great writers and all this amazing stuff it's because they have prices on their website and it's because nobody else in the hobby does it and everybody can agree well Beckett doesn't do pricing that well oftentimes their pricing is way off and 90 percent of the time the card isn't even priced on there uh, so, yeah, you could price just one of ones or just price Brett Favre cards or just set up a Michael Jordan price guide. Trust me, you'd get a lot more traffic to your blog than just putting up a checklist or just putting up today's information about cards. Um, so there's an idea for everybody. But I, I don't know why, you know, data and photo licensing. I don't know why these companies didn't get into that. If they're struggling just making the cards, if that's not very profitable... Shoot, you got all this data and all this other stuff that people make money off of, including the person speaking right now. Why don't you license it to people like me or to Beckett or some of these other websites that are out there? Why don't you make us pay for it? We would. We would pay for it. But they don't do that. They could have had their own website and forum. I know blowout cards prices on their website are low, not just because the guy knows how to buy and sell. Because his forum has an affiliate program that does probably makes them a lot less now because they've changed their commission structure. But before they did that, he was probably making more profit on an hour per hour basis on his forum, on blowout forum, than he was selling boxes. He could have sold 50 million boxes a month and he would have made more money on a forum than he, than he needs one moderator for, two moderators for. In terms of a profit per hour per you know, per time spent kind of thing. That's why, you know, why doesn't Tops? Why didn't Tops have their own forum with eBay affiliate links automatically redirected? Why did they just let Freedom Cardboard do that or Beckett or Blowout or 
sports card forum do it? Eh, seems like a good idea to me. You would have been making five figures on your forum every year. Eh, it's not a lot of money to Tops and not a lot of money to Panini, but hey, if you're really struggling making cards, every $10,000, $20,000, $30,000 seems like it, it would help things out maybe. Certainly would be an extra additional revenue stream and certainly would be a way to communicate with your customers, but they don't do that. I see more direct to consumer sales through, through tops.com and through these other websites, but you're cannibalizing your own distribution by, you know, hurting retailers and hobby shops that might be selling your stuff. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. Um, but how about virtual cards? I thought, you know, virtual packs, virtual cards. Or, better yet, I was in, uh, I was in Seattle a week or two ago, and I saw a company, ComC, who's doing very well, who's expanding, who's not putting any, you know, not, you know, borrowing millions of dollars to keep his business afloat. You know, why couldn't have, you know, instead of blaming, you know, the, the excuse I got last week from these, this Leaf employee and this Tops employee was essentially, oh, eBay has killed the, helped kill the sports card market. Well, why didn't you guys become eBay? Why isn't there UpperDeckAuctions.com? Why isn't there TopsMarketplace.com? Since that seems like it's a pretty darn good business, eBay's doing okay. You know, check out my cards, sure, you know, from what I saw is doing great. The biggest problem I see is these card companies have nothing but a card license. No, you know, nothing. That, that's all they have. And that card license gets more and more expensive every year, and the royalty goes up on it every year. And there's no end in sight. There's absolutely no end in sight. Sports have gotten, and my, like my argument to kind of begin my little, my little spat with the former Tops employee was, hey, guy. TV contracts have gone up the last 20 years. Player salaries, we all know those have exploded. Oh, we know us. the teams are worth billions and millions of dollars. Some of them are worth billions of dollars. Most of them are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. The merchandising has gotten more popular. Nike pays up to billions of dollars to become uh, the exclusive license of the NFL. DirecTV pays upteen billions of dollars to only have 300 million subscribers to their NFL package. All these other companies, all these other ancillary businesses to sports have gotten more and more and more popular over the, the past two decades. We have Fox Sports 1 now. We have ESPN 10, 11, and 12. You know what I mean? There's 20 million ESPN networks. There's a new CBS Sports network. There's all these, there's all this stuff revolving around sports, but what has gotten less popular? Cards. Cards have gotten less popular. Cards have gotten less profitable. Um, and it's mainly, what I think is mainly due to a lot of it, it has to do with outsourcing a lot of this stuff. And I'll get to that in a second. But a lot of it has to do with these companies that never evolved their business into something else other than being kind of a licensee holder. And let's throw all the, you know, I know all the excuses with cards. I know these are employees that are, that are employed by companies that are by fairly wealthy individuals or very wealthy individuals in the case of Tops. 
that don't care about the employees. They don't care about the brand. They don't care about the company. Honestly, the, the people that own Tops, they could care less about the employees. They could care less about the brand. They could care less if the product's good or not. But let's throw all that out the window. And let's throw out the window that all these employees that work for these companies are fairly powerless. None of them have the authority to say, hey, let's try something different. Let's make some virtual cards. Let's, let's try to be eBay or ComC ourselves. None of them have the capability or the budget or probably even the know-how to do that. These are, these are not, you know, these are not run like Fortune 500 companies. It's essentially a license play. The most important guy when you're in the licensing business, not licensee, if you're a licensee and not the licensor, if you're Tops and Panini and you're the licensee and you own those companies, it's really just kind of a license play. You buy the license for, let's say, $5 million, you hire an accountant for probably about six figures, and you make sh and he hires, he hires a staff. You, you pay another guy, whatever, $70,000 a year. He hires a bunch of guys that make $30,000 a year. And you guys make some cards. And at the end of the year, the big rich guy calls his accountant in and says, Hey, I paid $5 million for this license. What do I got left? Do I got $6 million? Did I make $7 million? Did I make, you know, more money than I can, you know? I guarantee you they probably didn't make 20 30% like you could have in some stupid index fund or mutual fund this year in the stock market. So... At some point, I don't know how sustainable this is, but there's not a whole lot of innovation going on. Um, in fact, a lot of this stuff is just outsourced. When the companies say, oh, we got vendors and we got these guys and, you know, this, this product chain that goes down. It's because they don't own any of the printing facilities. That was my first argument. Was that Tops and Panini never invested in their own printing facilities? And I know that's been a bad business. Nobody reads magazines anymore, and newspapers have been going out of business, and yada yada yada. It's not the best business in the world. Printing is not the best business, but there are a lot of printers out there, and it's not that you Tops needs to get into the printing business and print magazines or business cards. Oh, but if you owned your own printing facility, you certainly could lease that to somebody else that wanted to be in that business. Since cards are only made really, you know, probably all at once, you know, when you come out with top series one, it's all gets made at once, pretty much, and all gets packaged, packaged up and distributed all at once. Well, for a month or two, maybe your printer is not being, not printing any cards. Oh, shoot. There's gotta be, there's companies out there that would lease that equipment. And at the very least, uh, my argument was, uh, what would you rather own out there? Everybody out, out there, ask yourself this question. What would you rather own at the end of the day? A license from the NBA, MLB, or the NFL, or whoever, MLS, anybody, NHL. Would you rather own a license where you got to pay to essentially make a product, and that license goes up every year, and i got to pay a royalty on top of every sale that I make? Or would you rather own a printer that prints cards? That at the very least, if it didn't work, or if it's broken, I could sell it for scrap metal. I mean, scrap metal's worth whatever, a pound. I'd rather have a heap of scrap metal than a license that goes up every year before I even paid my own bills or made any product. I've got to pay $8 million to make football cards uh, before I even made any football cards. I'd rather buy a printer for $8 million. And if my business goes to S or you know what, then... Uh, I could at least sell it for scrap metal or lease it to somebody else. 
Instead, I own nothing but a license. So none of these guys are in the manufacturing business. That's why I, I tried for this whole year or longer to not refer to Tops and Panini's manufacturers. And all of you out there listening, everybody listening, I know that I listen to lots of podcasts and occasion, and a lot of the time it's an hour long podcast and I only get, I only listen to it for about 10 minutes. So I want everybody that's listening to this right now, I know that you're going to tune me out. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not thinking, trust me, I'm not conceited enough to think you're hanging on my every word here, but trust me, everybody out there listening right now, please, for the life of God, for 2014, never ever refer to Tops and Panini and any of these guys as manufacturers, because they don't manufacture anything. You guys could all do what Panini and Tops do. You guys could get a license or not even get a license and hire a couple people and have them call a printer. That's what they do. They call a printer or they get on Odesk or they find these guys in the Philippines or India that are willing to design cards for 10 cents uh, an hour, essentially. And they call, they call all this stuff in and they get other people to do it and then it gets sent to the printer. The printer ends up sending all this stuff out too. The printing facility is a distribution. They print it and pra- package it and, dis- and send it out from them, from there. That's why when you see Panini do their blog and we're opening up a box, they don't have cases and cases sitting there. It was the it was the four or five sample boxes that were sent over from the printer to say, hey, here's your final product. If it if you give us the go ahead, it, you know, it's all on its way to the distributors that you gave us the address of. They don't make anything there. It's an it's an office job. It's a few phone calls, a fax machine, and a couple emails. It's a little more complicated and I there's a lot of, you know, I'm I'm really dumbing down the responsibilities but if you take a step back and say tops panini they don't manufacture anything don't ever refer to them as manufacturers they're companies they're a licensee holder and that's about it and there are a couple people in an office that make some phone calls to get other people to make the cards Really what they do is they, they, they left themselves, Tops and Panini have really left themselves with the least profitable part of this whole business, the customer service side. And they don't even do that well. They've left themselves with customer service and filling redemption cards. And they don't even do that well. I don't know why they don't just outsource that. We, I was talking to Tim from Check Out My Cards, uh, two weeks ago and he talked about how they should outsource the, the redemption cards to him. Let him fulfill all that. Well, maybe they should do that too since they've, Outsource everything else. But it just blows my mind that these companies, it just really chaps my you-know-what. When company employees and even ex-company employees get on get on wherever, it's not just on Twitter. If you go to the industry summit or you talk to these people anywhere, it's the same excuses all the time. Oh, cards aren't as popular because of this. Oh, it's gotten more expensive because of this. Oh, you know, eBay and oh, and this and that. And it's like, why didn't you guys do that? Why aren't you guys eBay? Sure, eBay would still exist, but why don't you get 1% of their business? Why don't you get 2%? Why don't you get 10%? Like, check out my cards house. It's a lot easier to me to be the servicer than than to be kind of a quasi manufacturer and at least then they would own something 
if you if you owned a service like check out my cards or if you owned an auction platform similar to ebay at the end of the day you have something maybe people use your service maybe they don't but i mean we got the pit and there's like like that naxom site or whatever that people use too why didn't they you know we're, we're really isolating the two shining examples in this hobby check out my cards and ebay but there's four or five other little tiny guys in there too and Tops and Panini wouldn't have been tiny. If they had gotten into the buying and selling aspect of the cards, they'd be huge. Same with a forum. If Panini and Tops had their own forum, it'd be huge. It'd be bigger than Blowout. It'd be bigger than Beckett's. It'd be bigger than a Freedom Cardboard. It'd be bigger than Sports Card Forum because that's where people go and they trust them. I mean, they, they do all these giveaways on Twitter that everybody jumps up and down like a hungry dog for you don't think they could do that on a forum and people wouldn't be just jumping up and down people wouldn't moderate the forum for a box of tops whatever box of panini rookies and stars doesn't take that much money doesn't take that much effort but these companies they just want to sit around and, and blame all the ebay and all the technology and all this and that there's lots of other ways to make money too. How about a, you know, Geico? Everywhere I look, there's a Geico ad. Uh, I'm sure there's some of you that are surprised. I don't have an, a Geico ad running on this podcast. You know, they probably would pay me 15 cents per RPM or whatever it is. You know, I mean, it's, it's like, uh, why don't you have a Geico 800 number on a dupe card? You know, or how about a, any, you know, Pepsi's got a big budget too, big advertising budget. How about a, a beer company? Maybe not beer, but, you know, how about some of these companies that are willing to run ads anywhere? You know how big of a business it is and how much money you just print off? You know, Geico could save us 30, instead of 15% on car insurance, they could pay us 35, save us 35% on car insurance if they didn't run an ad every 10 seconds. Why don't we have ads in, in some of these products to help supplement the cost? You know, I know maybe the leagues, maybe the NFL, maybe the MLB have a problem with that, but go to them and tell them that. Tell them, hey, guys, we're running at a 5% margin here. If we could get Geico to pay us, you know, $30,000 to, you know, put some dupe cards in here with an 800 number, it would help us out a little bit. Pay for a guy's salary for a year. But they don't even do that. Can't even do that. Can't even pick up the phone to Warren Buffett's Geico. It's just not a great business. On top of that, they've given all this technology to these printing companies. If you go to these printing companies, the printing companies that actually print cards, they'll advertise that, oh, we're a market leader in trading cards. We have all this proprietary technology like cracked ice and refractor type technology and print quote prism where do you think that prism technology came from that's all owned by the printer and they can go solicit that to some of their other clients instead of panini doing that instead of panini holding that technology or maybe panini makes everybody's cards maybe one of the if if one of these guys had their head screwed on straight in the 90s they would have invested in this and they'd be making everybody's cards everybody that wants to make cards has to go through this company no but instead they're these big rich public companies that own these own these these small subsidiaries that print cards they're these big rich public companies 
And all they do is print stuff that other people come to them. And then they really, what they do is they take their ideas and take their technology and go patent it. And say, oh, now if you want cracked ice cards, or if you want, oh, if you want prism cards, you got to come to us. And it wasn't even their idea. Shows you how stupid, 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 stupid these businesses have been run over the last 10 years. Again, it's some rich guy. It's a licensing play. The most important employee out of everybody is, well, there's two important employees. One, the lawyers or lo lawyer or lawyers that negotiate your, your license deal. And it's your accountant. Because he's going to tell you at the end of the year if you made any money off your investment. And that's it. The rest of these guys are replaceable. And do get replaced. Often. Often, often, often. They're given no equity, no incentive to do anything good with these products. That's why you don't see any innovation in these products. That's why the innovation you saw with jersey cards and stuff like that. People say, oh, the innovation's out of cards. There's no more room for innovation. And they probably said the same thing for cell phones and computers a few years ago. And then Apple turned into the most valuable company in the world because, oh, they in, they innovated a smartphone that, that you can touch and there's no buttons. And there could be plenty of innovations in sports cards over the last four or five years. But you don't have any incentive. The employees there have no incentive to do it. And the big rich guy at the top, he has four or five other. He just sold Yankee. The, uh, the people that own Tops sold Yankee Candle a couple months ago. You know, that's another business that they own. Oh, and they, they sold a, they bought a packaging company like a month or two ago. They're buying and selling companies all the time. They care less about this baseball card company. That's part of the problem. So we have, we have people that own these companies and people that work there that don't care. That just want to sit around and make excuses why it all sucks. And the reason why it all sucks is because you guys never reinvested into anything. You guys own nothing. If I, if I could go get a line of credit or if I knew, you know, a, a real rich investor, we could go get a license real easy. We could just outbid you guys. The next time the NBA, the NBA comes up, I think this next year, I could go outbid Panini, create my own basketball cards. It's not that hard. The NBA could do it. That's what would be scary to me if I was at these, at these card companies. The NBA and the NFL could just do this crap. They could hire a couple $30,000 a year guys and, have them make a couple phone calls to these printers and, and designers and, and layout artists and distribution centers and get them to do it all. What if they had their own distribution? None of these guys have their own distribution. They rely on these stupid wholesalers and distributors in a low-margin business. Everybody's blaming, oh, it's a low-margin business. Oh, prices haven't gone up. You know, SP Authentic is the same price it was in 1999. Oh, well, maybe you should cut out the distributor that's taking 5 or 10% too off the top. Since you can't really cut out the NFL and you can't really cut out some of the other guys that actually make the cards for you, cut out these idiots that just own 75 cent square foot warehouse. I saw an article in the paper the other day. You could, you could, you could purchase warehouse facilities for like 40 cents a square foot out here in California. Can't imagine where, what it is elsewhere in, in the, in the States, you know, outside of maybe, uh, the heart of New York in certain areas, maybe in Florida, and there's no more expensive real estate in the world in the United States than out here in California. And you get warehouse for 40 cents a square foot. Outright purchase. You can rent it for like 60 cents a square foot. None of these guys even do that. Instead, they rely on these idiot wholesalers that are nothing. 
It's a fax machine, an internet account, a UPS account, and a phone. And, oh, you're coming out with a new product. We'll buy some. We'll send it to... I mean, how hard is distribution in sports cards, too? I mean, if there's less and less people buying it, and there, well, if there's less and less people buying it, we all know that card shops have dried up, and the places you can find these cards have dried up. It can't be that complicated to distribute this stuff. We don't need to pay somebody 10% off the top to do it. It's real simple. If you only got... 150 card shops that are buying this stuff in the whole world. Oh God, I could, I could get a college intern to do that for free. Let alone somebody that'll do it for thirty-five thousand dollars a year. It just blows my mind. These guys are, these guys make these excuses why cards suck. But, oh, you had all these ancillary businesses you could have got into over the years. Could have easily. Okay, you don't want to get into actual manufacturing the cards. Cool. You guys could have been eBay. You guys could have easily been check out my cards. You guys could have been Beckett. Not that Beckett is a multi-bazillion dollar company, but uh, now that we're talking about it, I might as well segue into them. They've added some new services and new things to their website. And, you know, that's usually a sign that things aren't going horribly. In fact, I noticed an 800 number, 855-777-2325, toll free. You can just call Beckett. I don't know you know, why you'd want to call him, but that's pretty transparent. Putting a phone number right up there, right at the top of their website, on every single page, you see a phone number. Well, that's pretty cool, actually. Another thing they have coming is a fan shop. That's... Oh, there's a good idea. You don't even, they, uh, my guess is they won't even, a lot of people think, oh, you gotta have a fan shop and you gotta have all these sweaters and all these different sizes. That's not what they're gonna do here. It's not up. My guess is they're, they're just, they just partnered with like an affiliate, like Fan Addicts or Fanatics or Fans Edge. Those two companies, I think, combined. Or you could, you could just combo it. It could be a licensing deal. Real simple stuff. I have a kind of a white label, in the affiliate world, in the affiliate business, it's called white label. You'll sometimes go to sites and it's like, you know, it looks exactly, on Amazon it's called an A store. All you're doing is, is putting up exactly the inventory at Amazon. You're putting up the inventory at, at Fan Addicts and you put the Beckett logo at the top. But everything's getting shipped out. You, you have none of this Raider stuff, Raider sweaters or any of this stuff in, in your own possession. It's all just third party stuff. Why couldn't Tops do that? Oh, why couldn't Panini do that? And be sending you to Panini.com to get your Raider sweater. So it's, it's, it's really sad that they haven't got in, got into some of these other businesses. Certified appraisal. Is kind of interesting. I see that Beckett has a certified appraisal, which I thought was a good idea. They certify one of one, Black Friday, and even rare oddball stuff. And I thought that was kind of interesting. They'll appraise one to four cards for fifteen dollars a card, or they'll sell or five cards for twelve dollars per card. So it's kind of expensive. So this has got to be like a two hundred dollar card, three hundred dollar card, to be able to pull that off. But one to four cards. Um, $15 per card, you know, I could see pawn shops or people that really wanted a third opinion here um, doing this Beckett certified appraisal. Um, so I thought that was kind of an interesting 
interesting service that Beckett could easily add on to the, what, what, you know, again, we could go back to why Panini and Tops didn't do that. Maybe they don't need a, maybe we just do certified instead of appraising the card's value. Panini and Tops made the card. Why couldn't they tell you if it was real or fake? They could have easily gotten into that business and it made some money there. No, but we'll let Beckett do it, you know, for some reason. And Beckett is doing it, so good for them. The last thing I saw that they added were coins. And I don't know, they have like the data up. I don't know if they have a lot, all the prices and stuff up, but they have a lot of this data from these coins, a lot of U.S. coins I see on here. Um, so I thought that was really interesting that they had all this coins, gold and silver, platinum, different kind of conditions and, and stuff like that. Um, half dollar, cents, bullion, all this stuff. Um, very cool, coins. I thought that was, um, you know, you might, might be interested in that. So if you're interested in that stuff, um, you know, again, Beckett doesn't pay me to say this. I just saw this. Uh, somebody made me aware of this. And so I thought I'd uh, throw it out there, but, um, they have a couple new services and it looks like they've kind of redesigned their site a little bit and stuff like that. Um, thought it was kind of interesting. Um, Leaf. We'll go to Leaf. Leaf acquired the assets to Famous Fabrics. Um, so that shows you Famous Fabrics, I believe, was also the same company as ITG. I think ITG is remaining in its the same owner's hands, but Leaf is taking the Famous Fabrics assets. So you might see um, if you're a fan of Famous Fabrics, it's now going to be produced by Leaf and by their team. And so I think they're going to be focusing more on like kind of an entertainment they're not going to maybe focus on kind of the sport aspects there. It's going to be focused more on like entertainment cards, like maybe Elvis Presley and those kind of pop um, culture type uh, issues. Um, speaking of Leaf, <laughs> Brian, my best friend Gray, I assume this was him that put out these tweets. Um, but his first tweet was, this was back on December 12th. I quote, anyone else here, ready for a major shakeup in the card business. I have a sneaky feeling 2014 might bring a legal blockbuster. So that was his tweet. And then everybody's favorite ex-Tops employee, Mark Sapir, says, Bro, this is quote, Bro, you've been talking big for a year. Let's do this already. Enough talk. Let's do something. And about a day later, my guess is Brian Gray gets back on there. Mark. Quote, Mark, one single licensor holds the future of the industry in their hands. 2014 is D-Day if they make the wrong choice. And let me, let me paraphrase that, that tweet for you. Basically what Leaf says is tops. Since he uses the word licensor, hold, licensor holds the future of the industry. He means the MLB. He doesn't mean tops. He means the MLB holds the future of the industry in their hands, and 2014 is D-Day if the MLB makes the wrong choice. Again, I have no idea what he's referring to here, but, and that's what Mark Sapir ends up following up, quote, I have zero idea what you're talking about. I'm sure you, you being a bit drama, please provide more detail. Thanks. And I haven't seen, you know, I don't follow these tweets. Maybe he followed up on this or not, but I don't think he did. I think he's waiting for some kind of legal precedent. Maybe it sounds like, it sounds like to me, maybe Tops has some kind of opt-out, not Tops, but the MLB might have some kind of 
opt out or some way to maybe let in another company into the license business of baseball cards. I don't know. But it seems like to me, and it seems like to people that I've talked to, Brian Gray has been kind of, you know, saying this for like a year or more. And he often says things that, that might not come to fruition. But I just thought that was kind of interesting. Um, that you might have some, there might be some legal, it might even be a legal thing that has nothing to do with cards. It might have to deal with some other ancillary business that then creates some kind of, you know, case law or whatever that, that, that can be carried over to cards and allows maybe some other manufacturers to get into the business of baseball cards. But, I don't know how great of an idea that would be anyways. And I'll get to my final, eh, 30, 40 minutes. I'll get to my final point. That kind of segues. I don't know if you'd want a license to any of these sports anyway, since you got to pay a licensing fee and a royalty and all this other crap that goes up every year. Um, and your prices don't really go up and your profit margins don't really go up with these cards since they're not getting any more popular. Um, maybe one of the strategies is not to be a license holder, holder at all, kind of like Leaf. Um, DA Card World is even experiment, and this is a really, really good idea for any of you out there that might be, I hate to use the word big, but uh, might have some distribution in sports cards. Some of you group breakers might, again, I can't call you guys big because, you know, if you have... <laughs> you have like a hundred thousand dollars in revenue in a year you're not big but uh you know if you do have quite a few customers and, and you can move stuff pretty easily this is the kind of distribution that's the kind of distribution i'm talking about and da car world certainly has some distribution they certainly have plenty of people coming to their website to buy stuff so they're doing these hit parade packs which are essentially repackaged product with some foo-foos and there's some hits and prizes um that expire pretty quick within a couple months so I don't know how great of, great of a deal it is unless you're ready to, to jump on and, and, and redeem this stuff. But there's a thousand packs made, $9.95 each. There's one auto, one memorabilia, and one insert in each little bubble mailer, essentially. They don't even have anybody package this up really creatively. Um, that's not, it's not a bad idea. Honestly, I think a, a lot of you out there, instead of banging your head against the next group breaking product or banging your head against, uh, some kind of product, that you need to sell, um, make your own product. It's obviously no barrier, uh, for, for real entry other than you need some kind of distribution. Uh, DA Cardwell has that and a lot of other people have that too, to a certain extent, a certain scale. Maybe you don't have, you know, 3000 people coming to your website every day, but if you have regularly 30 people buying into your group break every month, then you have some people there. And this is why I've always stressed, gather their email, send them to your own website so you can put a product like this. Can you put a product like this up on Vaughn Live TV? No, but if you owned your own website and your own shopping cart, you could do it just like DA Carwell does. And blowout carts have done the same thing for, I think, several years where they've done, you know, I think it was like $100 per option or whatever. And, and you either got a really good box or a really kind of poor box or whatever. A lot of different ideas here where you can kind of creatively package this product or repackage product or kind of do um, some some things here where instead of relying on these manufacturers next set um, you know create some of your own you know legal way this is you know again we don't want to do illegal raffles or illegal things but this this is a legal way to get 
real distribution. Um, thought that was interesting. That about, I think that was all I wanted to talk about today. We'll come back. Hopefully today's show was at least mildly entertaining. We'll come back in about a week and we'll discuss um, some of the things I talked about t- today with Tops on a conference call. Talk about that. We'll talk a little bit more about check out my cards, visiting them, um, getting a different perspective on that. And um, we'll talk a lot about soccer, if we have any soccer, MLS fans, World Cup, I know is coming up this year. Um, we'll talk about that. Probably talk a little bit about hockey on the next show as well. So we'll talk about some, you know, little off the walls, not off the wall, but um, not your mainstream baseball, football, basketball. And uh, so you have that to look forward to. Outside of, uh, hopefully everything's going well for everybody out there. Have a Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever you decide to celebrate if you do. Um, and have a, have a safe holiday with your travels and all that. And, uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in today, everybody. We are